Drive and Double Feature presents Howling 2 and 7-2. Your sister's a werewolf as the new moon is rising. I just made that part up. That hasn't been part of the podcast. It's episode 43, everyone. It used to be a minute-by-minute podcast. Right now it's a five-minute-at-a-time podcast. Episode 43 covers minutes one, one. What? 51. 51 through 55 of Howling 2 and Howling New Moon Rising. Uh, I forget where we are with Howling New Moon Rising. I'll, I'll get back to you on that in a bit. But Howling, we were... Um, uh, Red Brown and his gal uh, were with that guy in the festival and everyone was dancing around and there were werewolf puppet shows and things like that and lots of people wearing masks. And he went away to get her a gift i think he said was that what he said and so that's where this five minutes is going to begin Uh, i'm not going to play you the five minutes instead um uh because i feel like it'd be foolish for me to play the full five minutes also i might get in trouble if i play the full five minutes so instead i'm just going to do this yeah so uh we we get some um Stuff with Sybil Danny here walking slowly through a room and sitting in the chair in a fun outfit. And we get um, uh, the dwarf uh, guy who is with Red Brown killing a sentry. And we see that one guy and that woman who was back in L.A. Um, kind of standing around and enjoying the festival, which, of course, is a little worrisome. Now, I have not... I, again, I, I said this a long time ago. I bought when I started doing this. I bought a, a collection, um, a book with Gary Bradner's Howling trilogy in it. Now he had very little to do with the first one, apart from the basic setup. But this one, he's more involved with it. And the third one is is pure Philly Mora going crazy. And so 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 I think I mentioned I started to read the first Howling book, and I was just like. Ugh. I'm not, yeah, and I set it aside. And I haven't gone back to it, but it's still on my shelf. I still might read it soon. I might just actually skip to Howling 2, because if Howling 2 is similar to what this is, I'm interested that in the fact that he he took, you know, like American Werewolf in London is one werewolf biting a guy and then him becoming a werewolf and then dying and maybe he bit someone else i never saw american werewolf in paris so i don't know how that goes but that's how the wolf man is it's passed down from the gypsy boy to to lawrence talbot and then he has the curse and then you know it hopefully eventually goes to that kind of thing whereas the howling stuff is very to me very 70s 80s horror novel which is if you're going to write a novel or two every year and make a living off of it you need to you need to expand you can't just do i mean unless unless you could do a great werewolf series that passes maybe someone's probably done this i bet passed sort of the the werewolf concept on from person to person to person kind of thing but the thing about the howling stuff is it creates it creates a universal werewolf it it creates a uh, like like how the first one is a community of werewolves. This is a country of werewolves, and it's funny as they're sort of all dancing around. They all have their mask on. You think are they all werewolves? 
are they, you know, the, the guy says to the woman, you know, the f- new full moon is coming. It's like, are these all werewolves? And it's funny, I, I mentioned a long time ago, I wrote a script back in 1998 or something that, that my agent had and she liked and never came to anything called werewolves, which is sort of about a similar thing long before I read the howling about um, a community of werewolves being created and sort of like uh, a, f- a fad being created around werewolves. If you'd like to hear more about my script, Werewolves, um, which I actually made up at a 4th of July party to impress a girl. Ah, the crap you do. To <laughs> ah, um, but but if, if, you, if you're ever interested in hearing what my werewolf script is, I, can, I have not read it in years, but I still have a copy of it around here somewhere. I, it'll never come to anything. It was a waste of all, all those hours I, I wrote it. But, but I would say 95% of what I've written and done was a waste of time. So enjoy this happening that's not a waste of time. So, so Red Brown goes, and it's fun, It's always funny to me. It's like Red Brown to me is an action film hero. To see him go after these werewolves is fun, especially when the, when the, when the I, I'm going to call him the dwarf friend, when he attacks the sentry and kills him. He's like, that's a new kill technique. It's like, that's like, that's action film, baby. That's, we're an action film town right now, and I love it. I love it so much. Uh, Jenny doesn't seem particularly interested in, in what's going on, although I think um, that guy might be a jerk who's with her. Uh, and we do see that Christopher Lee knows that um, knows that the other werewolf, the werewolves are there, and the werewolves know that he is there. So everyone knows that everyone else knows what's going on, and everyone knows you don't know that I don't know your name. I don't know that you are just the same. I forget. This is a 10 years after song. Um, I think I got the lyrics wrong. But that's that's sort of the um, uh, the the way it is now. So 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 each side knows the other side is there. And the full moon is, is approaching. And, um, and, and there's not really much more to say about this. It's just a lot of it seems to be dancing in, in the crowd there and people kind of looking at one another. And there's a, a Stefan is here. And they both turn their heads and look over at him and he's standing going yeah i know okay there you go and i i, I will end this and we're going to howling howling new moon rising um uh, because not not to denigrate howling 2 howling 2 is if you watch howling 2 all the way through in a row it is so screwball especially if you've seen howling or especially i guess if you're familiar with um werewolf films but but doing this even at five minutes at a time is like oh I wish it could pick up a little. But anyway, the uh, I I just want to talk real quick about Sybil Danning's outfit. She 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 looks fantastic. She's got the cleavage out, and I would recommend. Roger Ebert wrote a very entertaining review. He had interviewed Sybil Danning before the review, at some point, and if you if you do RogerEbert.com howling to your sister is a werewolf you'll see his review i don't remember what he gave the review i think he's out of four stars i want to say it was two or two and a half um but his review is delightful and he he you can tell from reading that that he's he co-wrote uh, beyond the valley of the dolls you know he knows his exploitation and he knows that that's fully what this is as a wonderful review but Sybil danny is there and she's in her outfit and she's got nice cleavage obviously obviously um you do want it to like like with like you know like like 
people showing off you know their you know their parts of the the naughty parts of their body you have to think to yourself like i was thought with like linnea quigley like she's got nude so often it's like who cares i'm nude enjoy you know and, and it's like it's like other people are like i would never show you my behind but but others are like Sybil dan is like yeah have a look at my boobs why not they're great boobs you know, it's like, it's not, it's not like once you have a look, like you're suddenly nestled in between them. It's like you, you haven't suddenly taken up a, a, a gorgeous home in between my boobs because of this, you know, that, that's not the way it works. That's not the way boobs work. But anyway, and, and I think, I think I get too boob crazy on this chat here. So I'll wrap it up. I was just going to say one more thing. Her outfit, the, uh, she, she has like some sort of, it's almost like she's wearing like a weird post-apocalyptic postmodern hockey outfit or something um and all i could think when she when she's walking and you see these that whatever she's wearing on her legs that like like jut out all i could think of were like black metal bands from the late 80s um dark throne uh uh not quite mayhem like a, uh, into the 90s i was thinking um i was thinking immortal have you ever heard Immortal? Black Metal's not for everyone, but Immortal's at the heart of winter. And we're, uh, right now I'm about a week into winter as I'm recording this. At the Heart of Winter is a gorgeous album. You do have to put up with lyrics like this. Yeah, come on, yeah. <coughs> Can't even do them, I start coughing. But they're these epic songs, atmospheric keyboards, the guitar's going, the drum's going. And, um, there, I was. I use Immortal specifically because Immortal is a great, great black metal band. A lot of great, uh, about seven, eight, nine. I don't know how many albums they have out now. I actually stopped paying attention a while ago. But at least like eight or nine really great albums. Um, but you can't look at a picture of them. Look up Immortal. You can't look at a picture of them without laughing. And that's kind of what this outfit is she's wearing. She's absolutely gorgeous. But then when she's, you see what she's wearing from the waist down, you're like, what are you? I mean, are you, are the Philadelphia Flyers in town? You know, the, the Transylvania Wolves are going to have to go after them. And is Transylvania Wolves, is, is that a, um, is that me being like racist or something? saying Transylvania Wolves is that something that wouldn't happen you wouldn't call a Transylvania team that like the the Transylvania vampires oh no that is not you would never do that I don't know I don't know but regardless um I love her outfit it it reminded me of Immortal I'm gonna go listen to At the Heart of Winter after I finish this but first we gotta go back to Barstow and the gang at uh Pioneer Town we're going to do five minutes. I'm going to do this real quick, and then we'll discuss what happens after it. Stand up. Have you ever been there? Stand up. Testify. Stand up. Back with the gang of Pioneer Town for another five minutes. Let's see. We got a lot of talk of mountain lions. Um, we got, well, there's actually a lot of stuff that goes on. In this minute, um, of course, you have Marie Adams uh, from Howling 4 uh, appears in a very brief... It's, it's, it's almost a series of montages, the, the, the scenes. I mean, some of it kind of is here and there. But, you know, like with the ladies talking and then Harriet shows up and still going to tell them what's going on. And then the other two women are talking about whether or not they think Ted did it. And then the one um, gal 
Wood keeps dancing with Ted, the one with the accent there. She um she has a brief chat with someone about how she hasn't gone to bed with Ted yet, and then it all ends with Ted and her dancing to a an okay country music song. I wasn't I wasn't enamored with either of the ones in this one. The keep your wolf keep the wolf at bay. Keeping the wolves at bay is all I'm good for and the the second one there, the more upbeat one. Um a lot of Jaro or Jaro in the Jaro Jaro in this minute. Um he farts. So that is good. Um, it's always a nice way to go, you know. You got because you you start off with one more joke about Pappy's chili, and then um, mention the mountain lion tracks. Um, it's weird. Were there? I guess. I mean, I guess those are the werewolf tracks, right? Because they said there were mountain lion tracks all around the the hotel, the motel there, uh, where Ted was. And um, so I'm guessing. I'm I'm because later on the guys go and they look and they say there are no motel, mountain lion tracks anywhere. So I'm not 100% sure. Are there mountain lion tracks around the hotel, or is that just something that Harriet's just saying to try to cover up that they hid that body? I'm not sure. Um, but it jumps around so much, and it goes from uh, the silliness of the, all the farting um, to we're wasting valuable drinking time to um, to the ladies talking to the mountain lions to the this to the that. I mean, Jaro's got a pretty interesting like digestive system because. Um, Ted gives him a bowl of chili. He has about three spoonfuls of it. He's going to give it back to Ted. And Ted says, no, you take it. And then continues eating. And within ten feet of getting away from Ted, he just starts farting up a chili storm. I thought, wow, that's it. That is... I don't know if that is problematic or, or, or the most efficient um, gut ever. I mean, he puts the chili in. It's already taken what it needs out of the chili and sent the gas out of him already but you know it's, it's nice that there's a fart joke thrown in here along with you know it's it's nice when you talk about Maria from Howling 4 and a fart joke together and but and even that scene like I said is done weirdly because um that music down you know that that kind of music plays and it's playing when all of a sudden we cut to the priest sitting sitting just sitting at his desk and the phone rings and kind of the music by the time the phone rings, I think the music has stopped, but that music still keeps sort of playing, and it, it's it ends up feeling a little odd because it's like that music shouldn't be in that section. And I, I like that he when he grabs the phone, the first thing he says is "Inspector," as if um, you know that's the only person that calls him. I'd feel a little little lonely, but Inspector, and uh, but no, it's Marie Adams. Do you remember me? And then we immediately cut to the next scene. Yes, I remember you. Um, I don't think a lot of people saw Howling 4. I think fewer people saw. Less people saw Howling 7. Um, probably probably fewer with the number of people who saw Howling 7. But, yeah, so this, this one jumps all over the place with the, um, did Ted have something to do with this? Is it a mountain lion? No, it's a werewolf. Can Harriet keep this hidden? Um, can we get the dirt out of the chili? Farting? dancing, music, Marie Adams. There's a whole mess of stuff that goes on in this, this five minutes. And that's kind of it for this five minutes. It um, goes all over the place. You see the people talking. You know, as always, I wish there were some more shenanigans, but you can only have so many... I mean, we are 55 minutes into the 90-minute film, and very little has actually happened. Most of it has been shenanigans, and they're still, they're still bringing in stuff from other movies. Now it's Howling 4 is going to show up and, and become part of the thing. Although I think I think that, that that woman showed up earlier, obviously. I think we saw her much earlier. So, yeah, where are we going to go from here? I, I'm not sure. Um, 
more fart jokes maybe probably more dancing um and probably another flashback this time probably to howling for the original nightmare it's just howling the original nightmare i forget one of the two uh whatever so um yeah that that's the end of this episode everyone be good to yourselves uh welcome to uh 2023 and um we'll be back next time with um we'll be taking up to the hour mark for both of these films be good listen to this (laughs) 